Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM. We have come to our Encounter with God section where we're going to be studying the Bible. So join us each day. Join a movement of 20 million people around the world who are studying the same subject from the Bible every day. The neatest idea yet. I love that. Yeah. I love that feeling of I'm not doing this alone. I'm doing this with everybody else. It's awesome, it's the isn't best. it? Yeah. It is, it is. Okay, so Claire, we need to look at our quiz questions because for the day. Because it's still up because, for grabs. That's right. No okay. one's got it yet. And what are our phone numbers? Uh, the phone number is 1-800-324-843. Or, or if you want to text us, it's 0491-064-669. Or shoot us a message on Facebook if you have the answer. Cool. All right. So the first, I'll give you the clues again, right? Because okay. it's been a while. Right. Yep. First clue was the Lord said, if Israel would listen to him, he would feed them with honey from this, from okay. this thing. Yep. I would not have got that. That's no, obscure. Neither would I. The second, one, the second one was Nebuchadnezzar had a dream where he saw one of these. I oh, definitely, well, uh, I cut out some of the clue because it was too easy. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> had. A few dreams. A couple of dreams, <laughs> and he saw a lot of different things in those dreams. That's right. But this one, I guess, was probably the most famous to me. Okay. Okay, but I'm going to keep going. The third one is a giveaway, though. So maybe I'll just skip that one and go to the one that's a bit less obvious. Jesus said he would build his church on this, and the gates of Hades would not overcome it. And it's not is Peter. A, it is not a person. No, no, that's right. It is not a person. It is not Peter. Just in case you're wondering. Okay, so there's the quiz questions for you. If you have an answer, then give us a call 1-800-324-843. Shoot us a text message 0491-064-669. And there is a really nice hardcover edition of Clifford Goldstein's Life Without Limits coming your way. So give us a call right now. Okay, so we need to go on with our Bible study for today. And Claire, Mm -hmm. why don't we start with... Let's go here to, why don't we start with Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Okay, Philippians 2. Yeah, let's start with that. I think it's probably a good place to start. Do you want me to read that one? Yeah, why not? Philippians 2. We have, verse a, new, we have a new subject this week. We have oh, a new we? subject every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Yes. And it started yesterday, didn't it? We were all supposed to have done our subject yesterday. Well, yeah, except we don't have a breakfast show yesterday. Oh, sorry, guys. You should have done it by yourselves when we weren't here. That's right. Okay. So you, should have, you should have. See, you should have either looked it up, or you can, of course, if you want to get the study guides that go with uh, with um, this one, just contact Better Books and Foods or um, Adventist Bookshop or uh, yeah, any other good bookshop. They'll order it in for you. I'm sure. Or give us a call here on at Faith FM, and we'll make sure you can get a copy of the study guide. But anyway, that way you can uh, study yesterday's one when hmm. when you're not doing it here on Faith That's FM. That's right. Yeah, anyway. There's 20 million other people. How many did you say? 20 million. 20 million people doing it with you anyway. Yeah. Okay, so what did you say? Philippians 2 verse? Uh, 9 and 10. 9 and 10, okay. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Okay, so this is a passage where it has begun. If you go back to, why don't you just back up to uh, verse 6 for us real quick. Okay. Just a little bit of context. Uh, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Okay, so there's a massive contrast here, isn't there? Yes. So it talks. Paul begins, he talks about Christ's divinity, but then he goes on and talks about his total humanity, how he becomes a human being like you and I, Claire, mm-hmm. and he gives his life on Calvary so that, um, so that, so that we can live for eternity. And then, of course, he is exalted. To the place of highest honor. Highest honor. 
Absolutely, and, and, and rightfully so. And so this is this is um, what we're going to be looking at is, okay, what is Jesus doing in that place of highest honour? Where is he and what is he doing there? Is it dust that he's sitting there with uh, like just glowing and shining and like, yes, I'm honoured, this is great? Being is that, fanned. Being fanned, is that what Jesus is all about? Is that the God that we serve? I don't think so. But let's look at what the Bible says. Okay. You, 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 I see you quick, busily um, <coughs> looking at Bible verses on your phone there. Did you have a particular Bible verse you wanted to share? No, no, I didn't. I have a bunch of questions I want to ask you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. But no, ask. no, no. I, these, this is for a little bit later. Continue with what, what the question we're on first because otherwise right. I'll distract you. All right. All right. Okay. So let's go, to, uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 and we'll read verse 20. I've got a question for you here. Oh, good. Okay. Hebrews 6, right. 20. Jesus has already gone in there for us. Yeah. He has become our eternal high priest in the mm-hmm. order of Melchizedek. Okay, so here the Bible says that Jesus is not just sitting up in heaven, glowing in the glow of having of, of being totally exalted above all things, but he is a what? High priest. After the order of who? Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Yeah, that is a really good question. It says in the next chapter that he's king of Salem. Okay. But that doesn't really help us. No. No. So I, I but want it does say a little bit further. It says, this is 7 verse 1, priest of God most high. Okay. So back in the Old Testament, do you want to tell the story or am I telling the story? No, you tell the story. <laughs> I was like, you're going great. I'm like, why should I Why should I jump in here? This All is right. awesome. So you can find well, it yourself. I thought I, thought, I thought, I thought I have got Claire trapped here <laughs> for sure. I'm going to hit Melchizedek and she's going to go, uh, um, uh, 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 No, but thankfully I just didn't Melchizedek's mentioned, what, like three times in the Bible? Yep. Four, maybe five? Yeah, but uh, fortunately it's just in the next chapter. So okay. I don't have to make it up. It says that he was the king when Abraham was returning home after winning the great battle with the kings. Okay. So there was a big war. Yes. Basically. And, Genesis um, 15. Mm, do you want to go there? 14. 15. Somewhere there. Okay. I'm not good with Genesis. Numbers. It's Genesis. in Genesis. Abraham, right? Yeah. Abraham's story. Yeah. And, and he goes to rescue some people who have been taken captive. Uh-huh. His and, nephew. Yeah. And then when he, when he rescues them, he gets all the booty. From the other army. Which is um, the spoils of war. All of the things. Yeah, all the things that he was rescuing back, That's what, that's what booty, booty, booty used to be. Used to oh, sorry, it's not like that anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah, no. My bad. That was the old definition for booty. It was like uh, the spoils of war. The pirate ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be full of booty. That's right. And yeah. so he gets all of these spoils. Yes. And then he We don't really use spoils anymore either. No, what does he say? What do we say? Treasure? When we do, so. what do we, when people go to war now, they don't take stuff like that. Yeah, we yeah, oil. Well, we take oil. Yeah, we, yeah, that's right, oil. That's right. <laughs> Why are we fighting in the Middle East? Oh, because there's terrible dictators there. Well, guess what? There's terrible dictators in Africa as well, but there's just no oil in any of those countries. Oh, yeah. That's right. So we leave them be. Okay, but these guys had didn't have oil in their pockets. These had yeah. jewels and whatever yes, else they had on them. That's so right. All this stuff that they had taken, though, mm-hmm. he had rescued back. Mm-hmm. And then as he goes to go back to give it back to the people who owned it, he pays tithe to this man, this mysterious Melchizedek. Okay, so this mysterious Melchizedek. Anything else we know about him? You tell me. It says he had no father and mother, mm-hmm. no beginning of life, no end of days. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty fascinated by him. <laughs> That's right, and me too. I'd love to know. <laughs> I have a theory. Go. I have a conspiracy theory. Are we theory allowed to do one. theories? Uh, as long as we, I think as long as we clarify that this is a theory. This is my own okay. personal conspiracy theory. Okay, so it works like this. All right. So before the, the Levitical priesthood, yeah. You had the priesthood of the firstborn. 
Okay, so the, 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 the priesthood would always pass to the, the firstborn, and so the high priest would always be the oldest living firstborn that there was. In the time son. of Abraham, the oldest living firstborn son was Shem. Okay. Who lived and lived and lived and lived and lived. He came from before the flood. He came from a world that nobody had ever seen um, and heard very, very little about, knew, knew, knew very little about. He uh, and, and then, of course, in the new world, he just keeps on living and living and living. And it's like, well, you know, where does this guy come from? Where does this guy end? You know, all of the patriarchs are dying. You know, Abraham dies. Shem keeps living. Um, you know, uh, uh, Isaac comes along and he dies, and Shem just keeps living. It's just like this guy's got no end really? of days. Yes. How old was he? Feels like the Queen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen's immortal, isn't she? <laughs> no, no, she's aging, even on the Queen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so but, how old was um, Shem? I forget his exact age when he died, but uh, it was during the lifetime of Jacob that Shem died. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and this is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after the flood. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long way down the track. <coughs> and so that's my theory. Um, but at that time, he should have been the high priest. Shem should have been. Shem, the oldest living firstborn. Yeah. And so he wasn't? Well, this is my theory. Okay. It says Melchizedek. It doesn't say Shem. So you're saying that you think Shem is Melchizedek? Yeah. Oh, man, I've never heard that theory no, before. There you go. <laughs> I told you it was my <laughs> I personal... I thought you were going to say something else. I totally. told you it was my personal conspiracy theory. Wow. Yes. That's pretty interesting. I so if you've got, you got some on thoughts on who Melchizedek is, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. We would love to hear from you. Um, of course, the Bible has very little to say about this particular individual and who he was. We do know that he was the king of Salem. We do know that he was the high priest of God, and that's about it. But the Bible says that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so this is very important. We need to understand what kind of a priest is Jesus, and why is it that Paul says that Jesus is a priest after this particular order? What makes it different? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so here's a question, Claire. All of the priests that were living in the time of Jesus or the time of the Apostle Paul when he's writing the book of Hebrews, all of these priests at this particular time, um, Levitical man. order. Levitical. What does that mean? Which means they came from the line of Levi, who was the high. That was the priestly line that was set apart. Instead of the firstborn, it became this one tribe who was always yes. the priests. And was Jesus a Levite? No, incorrect. He was not. He was of the tribe of Judah. That's right, because in the Bible he is called the Lion of the, the tribe, tribe of, of Judah. Judah, which is a really awesome title, uh-huh. by the way. I like that. Oh. I like that title a lot. Just like. Yeah, very masculine. Okay, so Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so when Paul comes along and says, oh, Jesus is a priest, and he says it, obviously, here to the Hebrew people, what are the Hebrew people going to say? No, he's not. Yeah. He can't be a priest, can he? No. Because he does not have the bloodline. The right of, bloodline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Paul comes along and says, okay, yeah, no, you're right. He's not. He is a priest of a different Different time. order. That's right. A different order. The um, order well, of Melchizedek. And they're like, uh, what are you? Ooh, that mysterious line yeah, of yeah, Melchizedek. Yeah. What are you going to say now? <laughs> you can't really argue with it, can no, you? No, yeah, that's right. Because, because even Abraham had to pay tithes to him. That's right. Abraham was the be all and end all. And he was looking up to this order. And, and Levi was a descendant of, of Abraham. Abraham. Still in Abraham's body, as Th- they say. That's right. Yeah, he was a he carried the DNA of Abraham, but this guy Melchizedek was obviously um, you know a, a much higher station than even yeah. Abraham, who was the 
grandfather of great-grandfather of Levi. Yeah. To try and understand how important this is to that kind of culture, though, because it's really hard for me to understand. I'm like, yeah. who cares who his ancestry is? That's because we're Australian. Yeah. This is the great thing about being Australian. Like, so we don't care who you are, where you're from. Yeah. Like, you are it's who like you are. It's has, has, you know, who you are, you are a self-made made person in this country. Yeah. And, and, and we're really lucky to have that. Oh, we are so lucky. But other so cultures lucky. don't always have that. Like, I remember speaking to a man who was from the Middle East and from a Muslim background, and his understanding was, he was like, yeah, but who wrote this book? I'm like, I don't know. Who cares? No, but who was he? Who was his father? And who was his father's father? I'm like, I have absolutely no idea who Matthew's dad was. I don't. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't matter. But to them, they're like, no, I need to know who he is because his importance comes from who he came from. Yeah. Whereas your importance here in, in this country is Off based around bat. what you do. Yeah. Okay. So, what? Uh, okay. Yep. You, you had back a thought there. Yeah. Back to that thought. Yeah. So, uh, th- that's the difference. We need to understand that before we go into trying to understand what was being said to these Hebrews. Mm-hmm, and when right. we, then it helps us to understand the importance of what it's saying there. Yeah. Okay, so Paul establishes here that Jesus has a legitimate priesthood. Not only does he have a legitimate priesthood, if it's a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, then it is a priesthood that is a much greater priesthood than any of the priests that are then living. Correct. Okay, so establishing that, he then goes on a little bit further down to talk about the temple in which Christ ministers and compares it to the one that's here on this earth. So he, he compares, he shows the priesthood of Christ is greater than the priesthood on earth, the Levitical priesthood. But if you go to chapter 8, why don't you read for us the first couple of verses of chapter 8? Okay, so this is 8 verse 1. Yeah. Here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic, majestic God in heaven. This is verse two. Mm-hmm. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. Okay, so the priests on earth have a sanctuary, right? Yep. A temple, a, a tabernacle, temple. whatever you want to call it. Uh, those three words all mean the same thing. They're referring to the same building. Um, and Jesus also has one. Whereabouts is Jesus one? So Jesus was not made by humans. So it was obviously made by God. So it's yeah. not here. No, he's not here. And so the Bible says that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sat down on the right hand of the Father, yes, in, in the heavenly tabernacle. So right. clearly it's in heaven. Yes. I find this really important because so often people are so excited about the temple on earth and I get people that come to me all the time like, oh, yes, they're going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Super excited about it. And I'm not excited about that because I'm like, if they did that and they started sacrificing animals. That would make nobody excited. No. That's just horrible. That would give a really, really terrible picture of God to this earth, and it would be not blasphemous. to mention. Yeah, exactly. It would be undermining the fact that Jesus already did it for us. Why exactly. would we going backwards again? What wasn't he good enough? This is exactly why Jesus allowed that temple to be destroyed in the first place by the Romans. Because it just became a place of blood and more blood and more blood, and no one even knew what they were doing it for. Yeah, yeah. And and the real thing had happened, and so it's like we'll get rid of it. And so God let the Romans come in; they destroyed it, and um, has never been rebuilt ever since. Praise God. Yeah. And hopefully it never will be. The temple that we need to focus on is the one that's in heaven. Amen. This is, you know, do you know that this is the only temple, the one that's in heaven we're reading about right now, is the only temple that is mentioned in the prophetic books, in prophetic chapters of, of Daniel and Revelation? I think I did. There is no mention in any of the prophetic chapters of Daniel and Revelation of any other temple other than the one that's in heaven. Makes sense, because in the future, there was going to be no other temple. Yeah, that's so right. So why would you talk about it? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, it, and, 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 and people go, oh, yeah, you know, at the end of time, they're going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. No, they're not. That's not in the Bible. They might give it a whirl, but it's got nothing to do with God and his uh, Yeah, plans. that's right. Absolutely. 
And, uh, you know, when it talks about the rebuilding of the temple, you know, James makes it very, very clear what that refers to in the book of Acts and Acts chapter 15 where he talks about this is the rebuilding of God's church. Yeah. Because in the Bible where it talks about the rebuilding of the temple, it says this will be a good thing. I'm a little bit sidetracked here, I know. Just a little bit of a tangent. A little bit of, this is my rant for the morning because, you know, sometimes I like to do a bit of myth busting. You know? Yeah, that's great. Go, so let's bust, it, let's bust some myths for this morning. Wherever the Bible talks about the rebuilding of the temple, it says it's a good thing. Now, if you've got some thoughts on this, give us a call. We want to hear from you. It says it's a good thing. How can the rebuilding of the literal temple in Jerusalem be a good thing? Can you imagine how much war we would have? Oh, don't even get started on that. Yeah. yeah if, anyone, to, if anyone's been to that temple, it is the most tense place on the planet. You've got to show your passport to go in there. Wow. You know, there is so much hardware um, <laughs> on that on that piece of um, ground. Um, yeah, I have no desire to go there from, at all. <laughs> and, and, and that hardware belongs to different forces. You know, there's Jordanians, there's Israelis, there's, you know, and it's just like, whoa, there's a lot of tension here. Imagine trying to build it. You'd be building it under gunfire. Yeah. Yeah, that's never going to happen. No. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the temple that we need to be focused on is the one that is in heaven. This is the one that is mentioned in the prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation where it speaks about the end of time. And this is where Jesus is. There is someone in our world who wants to take our attention away from Jesus. Yeah, right. because he says, if I am lifted up, I will draw men unto me. Yes. All of them. Yes. So if they can stop him from being lifted up, that would be the major plan. And Satan will do anything he can to get your attention away from where Jesus is. Jesus is in the temple in heaven. Satan wants you to look anywhere else but the temple in heaven. Yes, exactly. And so if he can get you distracted with one that's here on this earth and you can start breeding you know, red cattle so that you can uh, cleanse the one that's on earth and so forth, then um, yeah, you're in deep trouble. Deep trouble right there. Okay. Don't forget, our open line, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I got sidetracked onto that rant. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Jesus as a high priest and as a better high priest than any of the priests that ever lived here on this earth. And we moved on to talk about the temple, which is a better temple than any of the temples that were here on this earth. Okay, while we're in Hebrews chapter 8, Claire, why don't you read for me verse 3 to 5. Okay, Hebrews 8, 3. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. Mm -hmm. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest since there already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. Okay, so that's pretty clear. Um, the ones that are on earth, they it's just a shadow. Yeah, it's just it's a, a copy, copy of the one that the big one that we're meant to be looking at. That's right. The one and, in heaven. And, and, and Paul is very, very clear about where our attention needs to be focused. Okay, so here's what we've established so far. We have a high priest who is sitting on the right hand of the Father and is ministering for us in heaven. So when Jesus went to heaven, he didn't just sit down on his backside, sit back in all of his glory and bask in the fact that the whole universe thought he was great. Mm. Even though the, the, he deserved the, to. He de- absolutely deserved to. Jesus went back to heaven and he sat down there and put himself to work and has worked tirelessly ever since then and has never stopped. And that's good news because he's working for you and I. 
That's, best news there is. That's the best news there is. So Jesus is desperately doing everything that he possibly can to get you and I into heaven. Uh, and, and you as a listener. That's right, because every single person. He says he died yeah. for he the world. He wants to see you in heaven. So it was including those who don't even like him or those who don't love him, those who don't even know he exists. The reason that he is there, the reason that he is living right now is simply because you are here and he wants to spend eternity with you. It's all over friendship. He wants a relationship with you. It's no more separation. Yeah. Togetherness again. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we talk about being, he died for our salvation, he died for our friendship. But we're going to listen to 3ABN Music in the Sanctuary. Well, that's a very appropriate song. I know. How there. did you do that? Yeah, fantastic. We have a high priest up in heaven, hallelujah, oh hallelujah, he's our defender before the Father, in a temple made by God, not
Welcome back, everybody. That was 3ABN Music with In The Sanctuary. What a great song there and so appropriate for what we have been studying today. Okay, Claire, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. And I should say, welcome, Claire. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, Claire is filling in for uh, Mon today. I love it. Yeah, we're super excited to have you as part of the show today, Claire. It's good to be here. It's been awesome. Oh, actually, should we do another clue for the quiz? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we were looking at this thing that honey came from. And Nebuchadnezzar saw in a dream, mm-hmm. and Jesus said he'd build his church on it. Mm-hmm. And now, if he can't get it at this one, I don't know. Moses struck this with his rod to get water for the Israelites. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have it by now, yeah, you don't get a prize. Yeah, Sorry. That's it, that's it. Okay, wherever you are right now, just pull over and make a phone call. You know our numbers. Our numbers are? 1-800-324-843, and text message us on 0491-064-669. And a prize is coming your way, Clifford Goldstein book, which is called? Life Without Limits. Fantastic. When you know there's got to be more. Oh, and of course there's more. Yeah, of course there's way is. more with God in your there life. There is. All right, so we're going to Romans 8, right? Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 3. Okay, so you said 3, but I want to go to 1 because I have a question. So it says okay. 8, verse 1. So right. now there is no... I will, con- I, will, I will let you. <laughs> Thank you. So now there is no <laughs> condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Yes. So he's talking about if you are in Christ, if you accept Christ's sacrifice on your behalf, yes. there's no condemnation. I want to know how it's possible that one man's sinless life and sacrifice is enough for everybody else. Okay, the simple answer to that is because that one man is the man who made the law that said uh, the wages of sin is death. He made the law. He made the law. So it wasn't going so to happen made anyway. what the, He made what the law that, did, that said what sin is, and then he made the law that said what the penalty was. Are you sure? Absolutely. What, 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 what? Who else? Who do like, you think I, made I the law he, of I know God? he made the law, but... I look the way that I see it is that he wrote down righteousness for dummies. Yeah, like he didn't yeah. go murder is wrong because I said so. Murder was already wrong. He just had to write it down because we were too silly to know it for ourselves. What about the Sabbath? It was already right, just yeah. not as clear to us now. <laughs> okay, so it's very very clear why murder is wrong, but that's why the Sabbath is actually there. The whole purpose of it is because that's that's the one that reveals where your heart is. Do you serve God because it makes sense, or do you serve God because you actually love God? Yeah, that's true. And anyway, coming back to what I was talking about. Okay, so I'm going to give you an illustration. <laughs> back to your point. An illustration that I've given a number of times here on Faith FM, but you may have only just tuned in. And so if you have, here it comes again. So there was a early colony somewhere in the world. And the governor of that colony had a problem with theft. And you're smiling because you've heard me tell this story before. I've told before. this story like hundred times. <laughs> okay. And so the governor brings in mandatory sentencing, 40 lashes for anyone who's caught stealing. And the very first person caught stealing is his very elderly mother. And uh, the whole town wants to find out what kind of a governor do they have. Is he heartless and cold but just? Or is he weak and vacillating and protective of his own family, but also is he merciful? He's in a lose-lose situation here. It doesn't matter which way he goes, he's going to lose. And so when the day of the execution comes, he steps forward, he takes off his jacket, he takes off his shirt, he says, tie me to the scaffold, I will take this for her. Okay, why was it that he was the only person there that could do that? Because he was the one who made the law. Exactly. If he had said, oh, this guy over here, uh, over there, you know, take it for her, and, and ordered one of his, say, redcoats to do so, 
Let's say it's a British colony. Mm-hmm. It's got red coats. I think it was. Now, that red coat would have uh, had to do that, right? Yeah, because he was told to. That's right. But not voluntarily. No. Um, the only one who could actually pay the penalty was the one who made the law. And because he made the law, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether it was one person or a million people. It doesn't, that, that, that is not making a difference. If you can do it for one, you can do it for all, right? And if you are the one who made the law, then you can pay the penalty for having broken the law. And so Jesus is the only being in the universe qualified to do that. Hmm. Do you think it has something to do with his value as well? Yeah, I think so. Because if he's the if he's the creator god of the universe, his well, value is, is so infinitely much more than ours. Oh, absolutely. So if he's infinitely more than us, then he's his sacrifice is infinitely more efficacious. That's a, a very, 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 very good point you've raised right there. Because you look at because last week and you know sometimes one of my favourite subjects is talk about just how amazing our universe is and you know events that are happening billions of light years away and it's like wow this is huge and God's in control of all of that our Earth is just a speck of dust. Well, oh, that it? pale blue dot. Yeah, the pale blue dot. Mm, I love we, that thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are the pale blue dot that Jesus, the ruler and creator of all of that, came down and gave his life for. So, and, and the verses that we've just been reading show that Jesus is of infinite value. You know, and, and, and infinitely exalted ever, you know, even ever, ever since he gave his life. Mm. And so that was why his sacrifice is enough, more than enough, to cover all of us. Absolutely. Mm. Ah, good. You gave a better answer than I did. Well, I just asked you, so I want to give my opinion. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good answer. Thank you, Lyle. Awesome. Okay, we were going to read Romans chapter 8, 8 verse, verse 3. 3. Verse 3. Okay. okay, so the law of Moses was unable to save us mm-hmm. because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Okay, so we have a problem. What is the solution to this problem? There must be something better than the law of Moses. Okay, and what is that? The sacrifice of Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus. And that's why it starts with, there is therefore now no condemnation, condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. I love that passage there because last week we were talking about assurance. And assurance is a really important subject. And a lot of people misunderstand assurance. You know, people put assurance in all, all the wrong things. You know, I meet Christians, they put their assurance in the fact that, oh, oh, yes, I gave my life to God when I was 15. And so therefore God can never take my salvation away from me. Um, well, God can actually do whatever he wants. And you could have walked away. And you can do whatever you want because if God took away the power of your choice, love does not, you'll never experience love. Love yeah, does, so now gone. you become a robot. Yeah. No way. No robots any, in heaven. It makes no sense at all. Here's where assurance is. Assurance is found in Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. It is that simple. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, then you have assurance. And if you are not in Christ and Christ is not in you, then you don't have assurance, but you can have it right now by giving your life to Jesus Christ. And so if you want to have that assurance of salvation, simply get on your knees right now and give your life to Jesus Christ. It's the most beautiful thing. But it should be so simple. He doesn't say, climb the stairs on your knees. He doesn't say, climb Mount Everest. He doesn't make you do all these things. He just says, ask. That's right. It's amazing. Yeah. And that he can hear you. That he can hear you. That you don't have to be in a church to do that. You don't have to be in some special place or in some special position. Mm-hmm. It's just talk to me because I can hear you. You, of all the people on that little tiny dot. Yeah, that's right. I can hear you. Pale blue dot. Yeah. Okay, so Claire, the, uh, verse 3, we, said, we, we read that the law is a problem for us because the law speaks death. 
Yes. Because we break it. Our sinful human nature means that, you know, it's just a matter of time or moments or whatever until we break the law of God. Yep. It's, Many it's, times. Yeah. And you, you look at you look at a um an, a sweet, innocent baby. There's been some baby there's a baby born last week. I think um the, the royal family had another baby last week. Oh. Yeah. And it's already not innocent. That's right. It's already not innocent. This is a little really sad. Mm. You know, and, and, and I know when I had my kids and, and then uh, you think, oh, they're so sweet and innocent in a very short space of time. It's like, <laughs> The selfishness, selfishness, the selfishness kicks in. The selfishness kicks in from the moment they're born. That's right. It's just within us. But there is a solution. What does verse 4 say? Verse 4 of Romans 8. Mm-hmm. It says, He did this so that a just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Jesus died for us so that we could follow the Spirit, so that we could um, have His power living within our lives and we could live a life uh, a life of righteousness following Him. Amen. Verse yeah. 6 says, life and peace. Absolutely. This is uh, Randy Travis with Jerusalem's Cry.
will see God's answer Jerusalem's cry God's answer Jerusalem's cry Claire, mm. do we have any clues left? Yeah, but if you didn't get it last time, I told you you couldn't have the prize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we do have one one last clue left. Yeah, it tells you the answer. Oh. It says I am one of these three things. Which one? Okay, so the last clue was Moses struck this with his rod to get water for the Israelites. Yes. And this final one is, which one is it? One of the three. I am a tree, a book, or a rock? Well, there you go. If you don't get it from that one, then uh, yeah, you're in deep trouble. Okay, so our question of the day has come in, and our question of the day is this. Why do Christians say there is only one way to God? Good question. I mm-hmm. like that question. Good. I'm not I'm answering glad. it, right? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm waiting for the answer. <laughs> right, okay. Christian, <laughs> Christians say that because that's exactly what the Bible says. Yes. The Bible says uh, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, God, except By through me. me. Yeah. So that, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah. So Christians There is only one way to, to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Christians aren't being bigoted and like big-headed. It's, they're just saying what God said. Now, have you ever heard the illustration of the elephant? Um, no. Okay. So the illustration of the elephant yes. was shown to the blind men. Go, though. I, have, I think I have heard all it. Right, Tell right, me. Right. So uh, there are a number of blind men who had never seen an elephant, and um, they were brought to this elephant, and they're like, okay, tell us tell us about the elephant. And so one man grabbed the elephant's tail, and it's like, oh, an elephant looks like a piece of rope. Another um, grabbed its tusk and said, an elephant is, um, is kind of long and hard. Another grabbed its leg and said, an elephant is like a tree. Another grabbed its ear and said, oh, it's really soft. But it was still the same elephant. And so people use this illustration and they say, see, look, all of them were right. So they're all heading the same direction, right? Well, <laughs> they were all the same elephant. Okay, the key, the, the, the important part of this illustration, and no illustration is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, is that there is a real elephant, right? Yes. There is a complete picture. Yes, and you just see a little bit of it. And you can have a complete picture if you take the time to find that complete picture. And that's what the Bible says. In fact, let me just find my Bible real quick. And the Bible has has all the different aspects of God's character. So you may look at him in one story, 
of how he dealt with Cain and Abel. And then he might deal differently with the way he deals with Mary Magdalene. But that's because it's a different different situation. Different he, context, different story. Right. Still the same God, same character, just a different angle of his character. Yeah, so I'm going to read this from uh, John chapter 16 and verse 13. It says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he, that's the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. Hmm. So God doesn't want you to see the tail of the elephant. He wants you to see the whole all elephant. He wants you to see the whole picture because that's how we get a whole picture of God. And if you get a partial picture of God, a wrong picture of God is worse than no picture of God. That's so true because atheism can be better than believing in a, in a psycho God. Oh, absolutely. And there are so many beliefs out there that give you that partial picture of God and the partial picture that they give is totally a psycho God. Yeah, and then the one, it makes more atheists because I wouldn't want to believe in that either. Oh, for sure. And I hear Christians and so many times Christians will come to me with uh, you know this teaching or that teaching and this is the fundamental principle by which all doctrine must be t- must be understood. What does this doctrine, what does this teaching tell me about the character of God? Because if it tells me that God is evil and bitter and nasty, then it is a false doctrine or if it even implies exactly. that in any way. Yes. You know, so people are like, "Oh, God is love, but he does, you know, he burns people eternally." It's like, "No, he doesn't burn people eternally." That's not what the Bible teaches. Makes no sense. No. That's a, that's a terrible picture of God, and if you've got a bad picture, yeah, you're better off to be an atheist for sure. And that's that's why, as you say, so many people become atheists. But we need to move on. No, we don't need to move on. We've got some extra time. You had another question that I came do. in. We've got two questions this morning. What's up with that? I do. I, I, I think this is a good question too. The question is, if Jesus was God, how could he die? Ooh. Okay, so. Let me just see what I can find here from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, to answer your question. Hebrews. Hebrews 2? Chapter 2. So Hebrews chapter 1 is all about the divinity of Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 is all about his humanity. It says, For both he that sanctifies and those who are sanctified, we are the ones who are sanctified, are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. A little bit further on, verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Paul emphasizes that he became a human being and left his divinity behind. His divinity did not die. It was his humanity that died because divinity cannot die. Okay, we are going to move on this time, I promise. This is human nature. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to feel and grace my fears Jesus, be that grace 
Human Nature with Amazing Grace here on Faith FM and we have come to that part of the day which is always the best part of the day because we get to give something away. What are we What are we giving away today? Claire, you don't even have to answer a clue or a quiz question or anything for this one. No, nah, just total freebie this one. It's called America in Prophecy. Okay. And I love this little book because it goes and tells us around about how real freedom of religion began. And the real right. freedom of religion only really began in America. Yeah, it did, in, and it in, was in the modern in the modern yes. era. And and we have to thank them a lot to thank them for because mm-hmm. we have our freedom here in Australia mm-hmm. basically because of that. Mm-hmm. We can believe whatever we want to believe. We can do whatever we want to do spiritually because of these guys. Absolutely. And so this is like the history. By of the what way, happens. did you know we don't have a legal framework for it here in Australia? I'm sorry. Freedom of religion in Australia is an assumption. It's not. We don't oh, have a legal. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But we, at least we still live as if it is. We do. We, we do. have that freedom, and, and we this, value it. That little book is about that, and it talks about how we have freedom of religion, how it started in America, and how in the end, how things will start to go pear shaped in the future. And they're America. already going pear shaped. And how it was right here it in was, Australia and in America. Yeah, and we can kind of watch it on TV. But yeah. it was written in the Bible in prophecy, and so this is what this book is about. You've already got Very people cool. being imprisoned for their faith in the United States, and this little book talks about how that that will grow and increase. Um, until it becomes general 
Yeah, and worldwide. And when you study history, of course, you know that this is what happens because history follows in cycles. And so if you've had religious liberty for a period, then you know that it's a matter of time before it disappears again. And the Bible says that that's exactly what's going to happen. And this little book, American Prophecy, gives you all the details on it. It was written quite a long time ago. And the amazing thing is because it follows Bible prophecy, much of it has been fulfilled since it was written. Yeah, awesome book. Yeah, Highly fantastic. recommend it. I've read it many, many times. Okay, so that's our free one for today. And if they want to get that book, what are they going to do? You've got to call us on 1-800-324-843 or text message us on 0491-064-669. Or do what? Or you can go on to Facebook, mm-hmm. faithfm.com.au. Uh, well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and of course, if you'd like to uh, listen to us, um, uh, if you're struggling with your signal, you can listen to us on faithfm.com.au or by using the TuneIn app, or if you're listening to the delayed broadcast. If you are listening to this and it's Tuesday, you're you- listening to the delayed broadcast <laughs> because it's actually Monday. Right yes, now. I feel like it's Monday. And, and, and if you're listening to it and it's Tuesday, then you're listening to the delayed broadcast and you need to get with the show and listen to the live show. Of course, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, then of course get in contact with us because we love connecting people with the Bible. We can set you up with a small group, a one-on-one Bible study, a correspondence course, and if you're desperate, you can even do it online. Hmm. Uh, so many different ways that you can study the Bible because we love studying the Bible here. And of course, if you want to... A copy of our study guide that we're going through with 20 million other people, then give us a call as well. But at this time, we have some more great programming coming up. Not to be missed, so stay tuned and we'll be right back. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, I once was lost, but now I have found, was blind, but now I see.